Jamuna tira banchari Jayo Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jayo Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janabhalabha Giribaradhari Jaya Gopi Janabhalabha Giribaradhari Jashoda Nandana Braja Jana Ranjana Jashoda Nandana Braja Jana Ranjana Jamuna Tira Banachari Jamuna Tira Banachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय राधा वल्लभ राधा वल्लभ श्री राधे जय जगनाथा जय जगनाथा जय बलदेवा जय सुभद्रमा जय गौरानीताय 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 जय गौरानीताय जय जय प्रभुपाद 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 जय जय प्रभुपाद जय नित्यलील प्रविष्टों विष्णुपाद परमहंस प्रेवराज गचार्य अष्टोत्र शद श्री श्रीमद भय चरणारविंद भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय जय नित्यलील प्रविष्टों विष्णुपाद परमहंस प्रेवराज गचार्य अष्टोत्र शद श्री श्रीमद भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती ठाकुर श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय जय नित्यलील प्रविष्टों विष्णुपाद परमहंस श्रील गोरकिशोरदास बाबू जी महाराज की जय जय नित्यलील प्रविष्टों विष्णुपाद श्रील सच्चिदानंद भक्तिविनोद ठाकुर की जय जय नितिल प्रविष्ट ओम विष्णुपाद वैष्णव सर्वभौम श्रील जगन्नाथ आसपाजी महाराज की जय श्री गोरे वैष्णव गुरुवर्ग की जय नमाचार्य श्रील हरिदास ठाकुर की जय प्रेम से कहो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्री वसदिगोर भक्तवृंद की जय गंगामय की जय जमुनामय की जय भक्ति देवी की जय तुलसी देवी की जय नंदकोटि वैष्णवृंद की जय नित्ताय गौर प्रेम नंदे हरि हरि बोल ओ गोरे सेमुदेरी हरे कृष्णा ओ गोरे सेमुदेरी हरे कृष्णा ओ गोरे सेमुदेरी हरे कृष्णा ओ गोरे श्री गुरु एंड श्री गौरांगा ओ गोरे ओ गोरे श्रील प्रभुपाद श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम 
नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय So we're reading today from Granth Raj Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 9, Text 27. Naisha paravara matir bhavato nanusyaj. Naisha paravara matir bhavato nanusyaj. Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatasta thapi Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatasta thapi Sangsevaya surataro rivate prasadaha Sangsevaya surataro rivate prasadaha Sevanurupam udayona paravaratvam Sevanurupam udayona paravaratvam Naisha paravara matir bhavatu nanusyaj Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatasta thapi Sangsevaya surataro rivate prasadaha Sevanurupamudayonaparavaratvam Naisha paravara matir bhavato nanusyaj Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatasta thapi Sansevaya surataro rivate prasadaha Sevanurupam udayona paravaratvam Naisha paravara matir bhavato nanusyaj Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatasta thapi Sansevaya surataro rivate prasadaha Sevanurupam yudayona paravaratvam Naisha 
नैशापरावरमतीर्भवत्तु नयुष्याज तंदोर यथात्मा सुहृदो जगतस्तथापी संसेवया सुरतरोरिवते प्रसादा सेवानुरूपमुदयो नपरारवत्वम् Vaishnavis? Samsevayosarivate prasadaha Sevanurupamudayo udayam karatvam Naishaparavaramatirbhavato nanusyaj Jantor yathatma suhrido jagatastathapi Samsevaya surataroorivate prasadaha Sevanurupamudayo naparavaratvam Na not esha this para avara of higher or lower matihi such discrimination bhavataha of your lordship nanu indeed syat there can be janto jantoho rather of ordinary living entities Yatha, as Atma Suhridaha, of one who is the friend. Jagataha, of the whole material world. Tathapi, but still, there is such a demonstration of intimacy or difference. Sansevaya. According to the degree of service rendered by the devotee. Surataro Iva. Like that of the desire tree. In Vaikuntha Loka. Which offers fruits. According to the desire of the devotee. Te. Your. Prasadaha. Benediction or blessing. Seva Anurupam, according to the category of service one renders to the Lord. Udayaha, manifestation. Na, not. Para Avaratvam, discrimination due to higher or lower levels. 
translation. Unlike an ordinary living entity, my lord, you do not discriminate between friends and enemies, the favorable and the unfavorable, because for you there is no conception of higher and lower. Nonetheless, you offer your benedictions according to the level of one's service, exactly as a desire tree delivers fruits according to one's desires and makes no distinction between the lower and the higher purport. In Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, text 11, the Lord clearly says, As one surrenders to me, I reward him accordingly. As stated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Jiber Shorup Hoy Krishner Nittodas. Every living being is an eternal servant of Krishna. According to the service a living entity renders, he automatically receives benedictions from Krishna, who does not make distinctions, thinking, here is a person in an intimate relationship with me, and here is a person I dislike. Krishna advises everyone to surrender to him. One's relationship with the Supreme Lord is in proportion to that surrender and the service one renders unto the Lord. Thus, throughout the entire world, the higher or lower positions of the living entities are selected by the living entities themselves. If one is inclined to dictate that the Lord grants something, one receives benedictions according to his desires. If one wants to be elevated to the higher planetary systems, the heavenly planets, he can be promoted to the place he desires. And if one wants to remain a hog or a pig on earth, the Lord fulfills that desire also. Therefore, one's position is determined by one's desires. The Lord is not responsible for the higher or lower grades of our existence. This is further explained quite definitely in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9, text 25, by the Lord himself. Yanti deva vrata devan pitrin yanti pitravrataha bhutani yanti bhuteja yanti madhyajinopimam. Some people want to be promoted to the heavenly planets, some want to be promoted to Pitralok, and some want to remain on earth. But if one is interested in returning home, back to Godhead, he can be promoted there also. According to the demands of a particular devotee, he receives a result by the grace of the Lord. The Lord does not discriminate, thinking, here is a person favorable to me, and here is a person who is not favorable. Rather, he fulfills the desires of everyone. Therefore, the Shastras enjoin, Akama sarva kamo va moksha kama udaradihi tivrena bhakti yogena yajeta purushamparam. Whether one is without desire, the condition of the devotees, or is desirous of all fruitive results, or is after liberation, one should with all efforts try to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead for, com <clears throat> for complete perfection culminating in Krishna consciousness, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 3, Text 10. According to one's position, whether as a devotee, a karmi, or a jnani, whatever one, whatever one wants, one can get if one fully engages in the service of the Lord. And again, the translation, unlike an ordinary living entity, my Lord, you do not discriminate between friends and enemies, the favorable and the unfavorable, because for you there is no conception of higher and lower, Nonetheless, you offer your benedictions according to the level of one's service, exactly as a desire tree delivers fruits according to one's desires and makes no distinction between the lower and the higher. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai. 
ओम ज्ञान तिरंधस्या ज्ञानंजना शलाकया चक्षुरुन्मीतमेना तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थात येन भूतले स्वयं कदाम दाती स्वदाकम वंदेहम श्रीगुरो श्रीयुतापादकामल श्रीगुरून वैष्णवाश्चीप सागृजात सहगना रघुनाथन्वीव साद्वैत सवधूत परिजना सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेव श्रीराधकृष्णपादगना ललिता श्रीवशाखान्ता हे कृष्णकूना सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाधकमोस्तुते तप्तकंचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिप्रि नमो महावदन्याय कृष्ण प्रेम प्रदाते कृष्णा कृष्ण चैतन्यनाने गोरतिषे नम वंशकौपतरुभ्य कृपसिंधुभ्यच पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादिगौर्भक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे so. Today we are continuing these very famous and wonderful pr- prayers of Prahlad Maharaj um as he pacifies the supreme personality of Godhead. And today's text is built upon a very essential principle we find in our philosophy, which is of course the somewhat impartiality of the supreme personality of Godhead. There's a movement uh it's called antinatalism. And these are people who are saying that actually birth is an injustice because i never agreed to take birth therefore my parents they are very very great criminals actually right <laughs> we know in vedic literature of course we hear that we should respect the parents immensely right parents have given us so much but anyways kali yuga right so these individuals they say my parents they've committed a great great offense at my lotus feet what did they do they allowed me to take birth when i did not give them permission to let me take birth and so like this there's this whole movement and they say that actually producing children is injustice because all of these children they are not consenting they are not saying yes i want to take birth and then you're making them take birth so this is an interesting idea but of course we're reading here and we understand from the shastras that actually this is absurd right Of course it's absurd on its face. I don't think we <laughs> even need the vyagyan from the shastras, right, to understand that. But we can understand how deeply absurd it is. Right? Because Prabhupada he is writing here very clearly that Krishna he is simply reciprocating desires, right? Actually you can ask these people, well actually you can stop existing now if it is such a great injustice. But then they'll say, "No, no, no. If you were to take out your car and say, "Okay, I'll run you over now they'll say no no please prabhu don't right that's what they'll say so clearly they want to live right so krishna he's so merciful he allows them to take birth birth after birth after birth right vishvanath chakravarti thakur he writes in his commentary to yayatamam prapadyante about all the different types of people and how krishna reciprocates accordingly to the way that they approach him right 
So we can hear the Mayavadis, they will say, Krishna does not have a real form, right? His form is Maya, it is illusion. And so Krishna says, okay, you can also have a form that is Maya and illusion, and you can keep on taking birth in this material world. Hmm. So in all of these ways, Krishna, he is simply reciprocating with no bias. Uh, and yet, we also see a principle here. Srila Prabhupada, he's not simply said that Krishna is reciprocating and accordingly uh, dealing with these individuals in a maybe completely non-passionate manner. Mm, this would not make sense. Krishna is rasa right? He is filled with rasa, he is filled with nectar. And so Srila Prabhupada, he very nicely says, right? that one's relationship with the Supreme Lord is in proportion to that surrender and service one renders unto the Lord. So it is not that the Supreme Lord is simply uh, indifferent in his equality. It is not that he's simply watching and like a cruel observer, just letting everything happen. The Lord does have some feeling towards the world, but this feeling is of course in reciprocation to surrender and a service attitude. All of the other factors do not matter. They are not a consideration. And of course, we can see this in the example of Prahlad Maharaj, right? Born in a demonic family. We can also see this in the pastimes of Haridas Thakur, right? Srila Naumacharya Haridas Thakur. We know during his manifest pastimes, he was very much a despised figure, right? Everywhere he would go, the Muslims would say, here is a kafir, here is an apostate, and they would attack him tremendously, right? And then the Hindus were not much better. They said, here is some, you know, outcast, here is some person from a beef-eating background, right? They would say all of these different things. And so, in this way, Haridas Thakur, his body was very much hated throughout his pastimes. But we know towards the conclusion, right? Thakur Haridas, he begins to become a little bit dejected he begins to become a little bit sad, right? And it's very interesting. I think this shows the nature of the great devotees. What was the reason why the devotees realized something wasn't correct with Haridas Thakur? Because he wasn't chanting as much, right? I think this is very sweet. If I'm chanting too much, devotees will say, oh Prabhu, is everything all right? <laughs> is something going on? Are you chanting for some, <laughs> for, for some blessing or something, right? But here we have Thakur Haridas, who is chanting less, right? He's chanting at somehow a reduced amount. And so everyone thought, oh, what is going wrong? What is happening? And of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he very much um, has affection. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for Thakur Haridas. And so Mahaprabhu, he goes and he speaks with him. Of course, they have a reciprocal discussion, right? And they discuss about... Thakur Haridas's um, deep sadness hmm, that the conclusions right, of the pastimes of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are awaiting them. Hmm. And so we know uh, Thakur Haridas, hmm, who has requested nothing throughout all of his punishments, right, throughout all of his sufferings, right, throughout all of these different various things, hmm, he has not requested Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to give any sort of benediction, or any sort of freedom from all of these, simply is tolerated and accepted. We know very famously, sometimes when the associates of Mahaprabhu, they would take prasad at certain households. 
Thakur Haridas, Haridas Thakur, he had to wait outside. He was not allowed inside. Simply with humility he would accept this. Actually we can see this is how the Vaishnav receives mercy. Right? Because all of the associates of Mahaprabhu who went inside, they were able to honor Mahaprasad. And of course, this is a great benediction. But Haridas Thakur, he had the opportunity to honor the remnants of those associates. And so he received Maha Mahaprasad. So we can see this humility, uh, the simplicity of Haridas Thakur, it purchased him a lot of mercy. But at this point, he thought, okay, enough of that, right? I do not want wish mm, to see mm, the conclusion of this pastimes. This is the one benediction he asked. And so we know Haridas Thakur, he very famously mm, concludes his pastimes at this point. Now, what is relevant to our purport today in this pastime is we know very famously what does Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu do mm, when Haridas Thakur manifests his Antialila, his passing away. What does Mahaprabhu do with his body? He dances with it, right? And so we can see the wonderful principle of the Lord, right? Thakur Haridas, Haridas Thakur, whose body, even when it was alive, was hated, reviled, seen as something disgusting by all the members of all the various communities, rejected, completely despised. We know in Vedic standards, the, the bodies of the deceased, they are not considered very pure, right? So here we have a body that even when it was alive was considered so impure. Hmm. And now, of course, this transcendental body is now manifesting the pastime of being deceased, right? And yet still, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what does he do? Hmm. He embraces it and he dances with it. This is the principle of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He does not care for the purities or impurities of anything. Simply the surrender that Sri Haridas Thakur had was enough that Mahaprabhu would consider this body to be transcendental, to be pure. Even though by all the considerations of material society, this would have been considered the most degraded thing by material vision. Here is the dead body of a very, very low person but Mahaprabhu, he rejoices, and he dances, and he cries tears. Hmm. And so we can see this. Also, we can see something very sweet. Thakur Haridas, he chanted so many rounds, right? All the time, our Namacharya. Hmm. And what is he chanting? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. But whose name is he chanting as he concludes his pastimes? He chants the name of Goranga Mahaprabhu. Here we can see, if there is any evidence that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, it is that Haridas Thakur, who was so attached to the chanting of Hare Krishna that he did not have to be bothered by a single thing that happened in his very difficult pastime. Somebody who is so attached to the name of Krishna chooses in his final moments to chant the name of Goranga Mahaprabhu. And that is all the pramana we need to actually know that Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. So in this way we see the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He relishes and reciprocates with the surrender of his devotee. This is the principle that underlies all of his pastimes. And therefore, 
we are seeing all of these things. Thus we see, right, the higher limits of our philosophy, right? They're found in the Vrajalila pastimes, right? And why is this? Because there we find this greatest amount of reciprocation. We know Srila Rupa Goswami, we are ideally striving to be Rupanugas, right? To be followers in the footsteps of Srila Rupa Goswami. And so Rupa Goswami, he has given a very, very nice contribution in our line. Mm? And this is, of course, the understanding of how these relationships work. Because again, we are seeing here surrender and service. And surrender and service is something that is expressed through relationship. Hmm? This is the nature of any sort of surrender to a personality, right? When we meet devotees, we say, Hare Krishna Mataji, Hare Krishna Prabhu, Dandavat Pranam, right? This is how we build our relationship, right? We know in Vaishnava etiquette, actually, when we meet a devotee, we should say, how can I serve you, right? And this is the defining aspect of relationships. So service to Krishna is done in relationship. And so the nature of relationships is the nature of service, right? Of course, on the, at least on my level, on the beginning levels, this relationship is primarily expressed with the guru, right? Because we do not have so much relationship with Krishna. I know, at least me personally, I have not actually seen with my eyes Krishna. I have not heard him, right? So I do not have any substantial strong relationship. But through a relationship of servitude, of Aishvarya, with the spiritual master, we begin to delve into the world of relationship, right? So in this way, we see that surrender, service, this is all built on the principle of relationships. And our dear Acharya, hmm, Srila Rupa Goswami has very nicely delineated this point. We know he's done this in terms of his uh, descriptions of rasa. I don't wish to get too boring or technical, but um, it's very interesting. We often hear about the different acharyas' contributions to refuting mayavad in terms of Vedanta. Right? We hear Ramanuja Acharya so greatly, right? He's reestablished theism after Sripad Shankaracharya has done his very difficult service of establishing some somewhat impersonalistic bent. Actually, one of my godbrothers, he was saying how much respect he has for Sripad Shankaracharya. Because Shankaracharya, of course, he is Shiva. He is a great devotee. We all know as devotees, especially if we're doing book distribution, you meet a Mayavadi, you even meet an impersonalist, you sort of want to slap them, right? <laughs> it's so off-putting to hear this philosophy. And here is Shankaracharya in this mood as a devotee, having to somehow give some sort of mixed message, right? What a great service he has done. How much austerity actually it would be to not just explode out and explain the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly. So, we hear of Ramanuja Acharya, we hear of Madhva Acharya, we hear of all of these great Acharyas, right? Uh, refuting Mayavad. We know very famously Madhva Acharya, he'll be holding up two fingers, right? Because of his insistence on the rejection of Mayavad. But Srila Rupa Goswami, he's also done something very interesting. Because what um, I feel like is maybe not as commonly known is that the whole philosophy of rasa was very influenced by Mayavad philosophy prior to Srila Rupa Goswami's influence. Of course, we know rasa theory, it begins with Bharat Muni, right? With the Natya Shastras. And interestingly, Bharat Muni's text, it's almost entirely about plays, right? It's a theatrical work. Um, and so, 
he's sort of explaining these things. And there's some interesting ideas. He discusses where does Rasa exist? Does Rasa exist in the writer of the play, in the performer of the play, or in the hearer of the play? And so it's a little bit unclear which view he personally had when he composed it. But this, these debates began to define the Rasa tradition. Right? And so in the Rasa tradition, they would argue, oh, the Rasa exists here, the Rasa exists there. Right? Eventually, and if you talk to anyone about Rasa theory who's read into Rasa theory, they will say, oh, the great commentary hmm, on the Natya Shastras is written by Abhinava Gupta. Hmm. Now, Abhinava Gupta was a Mayavadi. Right? Interestingly enough, he also wrote a Bhagavad Gita commentary, which is fascinating because he's a Kashmiri Shaivite. So I'm, I have no idea what he got out of the Bhagavad Gita. But still, he has written a commentary on this Natya Shastra. And because of this commentary, and because of the influence of this commentary, hmm, this Rasa theory began to become very Mayavad. And his idea was that Rasa exists in what? Rasa exists only in the receiver, hmm, in the witnesser of Rasa. Interestingly enough, he also says Rasa is fully mundane. Rasa is a prakrit thing. It is a material thing. And we can use it to realize that, you know, we are all one, da 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 da, like that. So this had become the predominant understanding of rasa. Up until the time, actually, really, of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we know, and we read in Chaitanya Charitamrita, when Mahaprabhu meets Srila Rupa Goswami, he begins to instruct him in the true nature of rasa. And what is that? Abhinava Gupta's conception was that rasa, it is something material in this world. But when we experience it in a play, or I guess if he was here today, he would say in a movie, or in some mundane songs, right? We'll have some sort of experience. Oh, I am not my ego, right? I have no identity. This was his idea. Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, he has completely refuted this. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he so perfectly establishes that rasa is not material. In fact, he does the opposite. Hmm? He says the rasa in this world does not exist at all. It is simply flavorless, right? I heard from one devotee once. Um, rasa in transcendence is like being in an ice cream parlor, and rasa in this world is like chewing on an ice cube. Hmm. So yeah, it seems like rasa. It seems like flavor. Hmm? We are apparently chewing on something, but it's nothing. Hmm. I also heard <laughs> from another devotee once <laughs> that rasa in this world is like tofu, and rasa in the spiritual domain is like paneer. But, <laughs> but anyways. So in this way, Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, he so nicely delineated these points. And actually we can consider this is his contribution. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He tells Rupa Goswami, Para para shunne gobhir bhakti rasha shindhu. Right? This ocean, hmm? this bhakti rasha shindhu, this grand ocean of bhakti ras, it is so grand, we cannot measure its dimensions. Tomai chakaite tar kohi eko bindu. So because it is so great, because it is so grand, because it is so large, I will simply take one drop, eka bindu, right? And with this one drop, I will give it to you. 
And so this is his descriptions, right? This is how Mahaprabhu begins. He prefaces his teachings to Rupa Goswami in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And so we can consider our Rupanuga line. What is it? We are all feeding off of this one drop. This one drop that Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taken from this ocean of Ras and he has given it to Srila Rupa Goswami. And Rupa Goswami, he has taken this drop and he has used this drop to nurture and nurture and nurture. And generation after generation in our Rupanuga Guru Varga, hmm, our descent of Acharyas in this Rupanuga line, we've all been simply, they've all simply been feeding everyone. And so with this one tiny drop, hmm, so much Krishna consciousness has been established. With this one tiny drop, our dear Srila Prabhupada, he has managed to drown the whole world. So we can imagine how great then is that ocean of bhakti ras that Krishna and his devotees are constantly swimming in, in spiritual existence. Hmm? It's a very, very high thing. And so it is in that ocean of ras that Krishna he is performing this right? It is there that he is reciprocating all of these different moods. We hear in Govardhan Leela, when Krishna, he picks up Giriraj Govardhan. When all of the devotees were around him, Govardhan Leela is very unique. There is only one other pastime like it, Kaliya Dhaman Leela. These two, they have a very unique, specific quality. Does anyone know what is this quality? All the rasas and all the vrijvasis, they're all there together, right? This is the only time the whole community comes together. And then together they're there, and they're relishing the qualities of Sri Krishna, right? And so we hear, while Krishna, he has lifted up Giriraj Govardhan, every single devotee there, they're all seeing Krishna, right? Even the ones who are furthest away, they feel like they can see him directly. Even those who are right in the front, they feel they can see him directly. And what is happening? It's a Vaishnava festival, right? The rains that are going down the side, it's described, they're going down like jewels, right? The caves, as the wind is blowing through it, the caves are sounding like children playing. Actually, my spiritual master, he says that the top of Giriraj Govardhan pierced into Indra Lok, messed up the garden a little bit. <laughs> so, Vaishnava festival is happening. Krishna, he is holding up Govardhan Hill, right? And everyone there is reciprocating in a different way. Famously, we hear, it's very sweet, Madhu Mangal, he's saying, actually, Krishna, he's not so strong. I'm a Brahmin. With my mantras, Giriraj Govardhan is being held up. Because of my chanting, hmm, there, there is some security, right? And then actually, I heard from one devotee that at this point, Krishna, he shakes his arm a little bit. And Mother Mangal, he says, no, 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 no. <laughs> Somebody help him. <laughs> so all of the Vrajvasis together, they're all there. And Mother just showed that she hears all of this playing. She hears all of this commotion. And she says, how can you laugh at a time like this? Look at his small arms. They are struggling to hold up this mountain. How can you laugh? How can you joke? I heard once from His Holiness Srila Bhaktivikash Swami Maharaj. He said that Mother Jashoda, she will die a thousand times simply to wipe one drop of sweat off of Krishna's forehead. So in this way, she is reciprocating. 
then of course we, we won't go there because it's a bit too rustic and esoteric, but also then all of the gopis are there and they are all seeing Krishna as well. And so all of the rasas are there, right? And there is constant reciprocation, right? Krishna he is reciprocating with all of these individuals fully. Hmm. And because of that, hmm, because of that reciprocation, Krishna he feels the desire to give himself hmm, to these devotees. Because again, what does Prabhupada say? Hmm. One's relationship with the Supreme Lord is in proportion to that surrender and service one renders unto the Lord. Hmm. Actually, we can think this is the root of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Huh? I heard this once in a class by His Holiness Srila Shivaram Swami Maharaj. He was making the point that all of these Vrijvasis, they're there, right? And they're all giving what? They are not giving any hint of hesitation, right? We can see in the Kaliya Dhaman pastime, right? Some devotees are there and they're thinking, I will have to jump into the water and I will have to help Krishna fight the Kaliya demon. And then other devotees are there and they're holding them back, right? And they're saying, no, it's all right, it's all right. He's got this. And we can think this is almost a representation of the Aishwarya and the Madhurya moods, right? The Madhurya mood is there, longing hmm, to just jump in and help Krishna. The Aishwarya mood is there and it's restricting a little bit saying, oh no, Krishna will be fine. So in this way, we see this intensity of surrender is found in these devotees. So His Holiness Shivaram Swami Maharaj, he was saying, Krishna, he is seeing that these devotees, what are they doing? They're giving themselves fully to Krishna. There is no uh, injunction. There is no idea that, oh, we should do this. Simply of their own accord, they're giving themselves fully to this Supreme Personality of Godhead. And so, how can Krishna return this? How can Krishna reciprocate this? Because they have a one single-minded focus. And that single-minded focus is that we will serve Krishna. Right? And we will serve Krishna alone. Nothing else will divert us. Right? Krishna, however, he's very diverted. Right? He is reciprocating with all of the jivas in all reality, right? So here are his devotees, and their only consideration is, oh, Krishna, right? That is their only consideration, single-minded focusedness. So how can he return this? So His Holiness Shivaram Swami Maharaj, who is making the point that actually when Krishna, he takes birth, right? Again, he's already taken birth once, but he takes birth again as Nimai Pandit. Hmm. He is coming now to experience these moods of the devotee. And so this is why sometimes people say, we hear hmm, in the Shastras the pain that all of the Navadvipasis, all of the devotees hmm, in the area felt when Nimai Pandit took sannyas. Hmm. How? How could he take sannyas? How could he take this renunciation, right? When all of these devotees are longing for him to stay. So again, Shivram Swami Maharaj, he said, this was Krishna reciprocating this mood. My devotees, they've given up everything in service for me. And so Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by taking sannyas, thinks now I will surrender everything in reciprocation of my devotees. Now I can satisfy that desire that they have come to me with.
Now I can satisfy that. So we see this is the nature of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because Krishna, he is Rasa Raj. Hmm? He is the king of Rasa. Actually, we hear in the pastimes of Bharat Maharaj. We know Bharat Maharaj, he gets very much attached to the deer. It's one of those real famous stories. Where I remember once I was in Vrindavan and I was hearing a class from one devotee. And he began speaking the pastimes of Bharat Maharaj. And then he said, who has heard this pastime before? And so everyone, you know, we put, we put our hands up. We've all heard this pastime before. And then he said, now forget it. Forget the pastime. We should always be relishing Srimad Bhagavatam thinking we've never heard these pastimes before. Actually, none of you have heard this pastime before, right? Srimad Bhagavatam is ever fresh. So I was thinking, wow, you know, <laughs> he really got us there. <laughs> we were all very confident thinking, oh, we've all read Srimad Bhagavatam. We put our hands up. Then, Sadhu means to cut. So anyways, he, he cut us down a little bit. Anyway, so Bharat Maharaj, we hear that he is receiving hmm, somehow the fruits of some karmic reaction. Hmm. And this is interesting, right? Because of course we know Bharat Maharaj is described as being on a certain level of spiritual qualification, right? Bharat Maharaj is described in Srimad Bhagavatam, his hair is standing on end, right? Tears flowing from his eyes. Of course we know, Prabhupada writes, which platform is Bharat Maharaj on? Bhav, right? So this is interesting. Because then we hear that he's undergoing some karmic reactions. Which is particularly interesting because we find in Madhurya Kadambini, right, Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, he talks about the, you know, the, the growth, right, the flower of Krishna consciousness, right? And he says first there is, of course, the seed of Shraddha, and then it grows out. And then he says there are these two leaves, hmm? they sort of pop out on the side, right? On the bottom side of the leaf is Vaidhi Bhakti, on the inside is Raghunuga Bhakti, that is the soft part. And so these two leaves are there, and as they're sticking out like these little shoots, these are the two fruits that one experiences as they go through sadhana bhakti. And what are these fruits? One is klesh agni, and one is shubdha. So shubdha is the receiving of all good qualities, and klesh agni is the destruction of suffering. And what are those forms of suffering? These are all these different reactions that one has prarabdha karma, so on and so forth. So then, now we may wonder, this is confusing, because if this is the point of sadhana bhakti, Bharat Maharaj, he has already reached the point of bhav, and bhava bhakti is, of course, distinct from sadhana bhakti. So, there is some confusion. How can he be receiving the fruits of this reaction? We read, very interestingly, in Srimad Bhagavatam, that when it describes his fruitive, his fruitive reactions, there is a different word used. It is not prarabdha that is used to describe the reactions that Bharat Maharaj undergoes. And Srila Prabhupada, he points this out in his purport. It is svarabdha. It is a svarabdha reaction. And so there is a distinction made. Prarabdha is a conditioned entity who is receiving, you know, the classic cycle, right, um, of cause and effect, the punishments of the material world. But the point's made that Svarabdha, 
This is when Krishna, he preserves some type of reaction, right? I remember I was speaking to one devotee and they said very nicely, this is prarabdha karma abhas. It is like a shadow of prarabdha karma because it is not binding. It is not a punishment. Instead, it is Krishna allowing some reaction to maintain. Why? So that he can squeeze the heart of his devotee and pull out more devotion, more love. Right? And so he does this for Bharat Maharaj to squeeze out some purification. Right? So here we see Krishna, he is drinking rasa. Right? He is trying to squeeze it out of the devotee. And we see that in the example of Bharat Maharaj. Like this, the reaction has been allowed to stay. So Bharat, Bharat Maharaj could become the great personality that we know him to be in Srimad Bhagavatam. So in this way we see Krishna, he is always drinking this rasa. And he is drinking this rasa, again, in the form of reciprocal relationships. This is the nature, again, of Krishna, Rasa Raj Krishna. We see very sweetly, I remember I was hearing once, that sometimes Krishna... He will be running around, and when he's running around, he'll be looking in the pots of ghee, right? In the pots of butter, in the pots of milk, right? And when he's looking around, he will go inside, and he's moving around in the pot, and he's reaching around. And sometimes, some cowherd women, right? They will come and they'll see Krishna, and they'll say, Krishna, what are you doing? And Krishna will say, he has a little trick. He's been caught enough times. He has a little trick where he keeps a little toy cow in his hand. And he says, oh, I was simply looking for one of the calves. It ran away and it went in this pot. And then he'll pull out the little toy calf and say, okay, I found it. It's all right. And then he'll walk away. And all these cowherd women, they will go and they'll complain to Mother Jashoda. But we shouldn't think that they're actually upset. Actually, this is the standard of Krishna conscious uh, community. This is the standard hmm, of Krishna conscious relationships. Because what happens? These cowherd women, they're seeing some pastime of Krishna, and what is their desire? The desire is to speak it. They're wishing to engage in Harikatha. If they go to Mother Jashoda and they say, Oh, Krishna, that little rascal, he's doing this, he's doing that. Hmm? These are devotees' dealings. Hmm? I'm speaking Harikatha, hearing Harikatha. Hmm? Actually, this is what our goal is as devotees. What is Vaishnav Sangha? Vaishnav Sangha is that we come together and we speak about Krishna. In Kamsa's arena, we know that everyone in the crowd, they see Krishna and they begin to say, oh, here is Krishna, here is Balaram. And I can't remember exactly what they say, but it's something along the lines of they're talking about Krishna and Balaram killing demons, but they get the demons' names wrong. They say that Krishna killed demons that he didn't kill, and they say Balaram killed demons that he didn't kill. My spiritual master, he makes the point that here we see a standard of Krishna conscious community. Why? Because what happens if you hear a story and the details are a little bit wrong, or rather very wrong, right? What does that mean has happened? For example, we have Edward Prabhu here. Edward Prabhu and I were visiting from Sydney. Edward Prabhu is a great Kirtaniya, right? Somebody starts saying, oh, Edward Prabhu is a great Pujari. Right? Somebody starts saying that. We start hearing this. Oh, he's a great, great Pujari, right? And <laughs> we start hearing this. What does that mean? It means people have been speaking, right? They've been almost gossiping, we can say, right? They've been saying, oh, here's so-and-so. 
than before, you know. And, you know, I think we've all experienced this. Sometimes a story will come back to us and we'll think, oh, who is this person <laughs> that's being described? I never did anything like that, right? So, my spiritual master, he was saying, this is the nature of a Vaishnav community. What are they doing? They're hearing about Krishna and they're gossiping about him, right? They're not talking about other people. They're coming together and they're saying, oh, did you hear this? Oh, Krishna did this. Oh, Krishna did that. Like that together, they're all relishing Harikatha. Actually, in, our, in the Brahmachari Ashram in Sydney, we used to have one devotee, um, Hamsa Sangha Prabhu. And every morning, hmm, every morning after Darshan Arti, after Srimad Bhagavatam class, we would all be having prasad. And he would always ask the same question. What color was Srimati Radharani's dress this morning? And we would always forget. And he would say, then what were you doing in Darshan? <laughs> and then he would tell us. And then we would speak. Right? And I would always think here he is so wonderfully embodying this principle. What is a devotee? A devotee is somebody who's always gossiping about Krishna. Gossiping. Of course it's not gossip. It's not prajalpa. It's not mundane. It's harikatha. This is what we should aspire for in devotional society. So in this way, all the cowherd women, they'll run around, they'll come to Mother Jashoda, they'll say, Krishna's a rascal, Krishna. And Mother Jashoda will say, I know, he's the number one rascal. Right? And outwardly, they're so angry, but inside, they're ecstatic. Mm. Even the clouds is described in Vrindavan. When Krishna, he walks, the clouds, they go, and they're big, filled with rain. Right? And these clouds, when they see Krishna, they say, oh, here is our pie. Right? Because we know Krishna's skin is what? Is the color of the deep, dark monsoon cloud. They say, oh, here is our bhai. Here is our brother. Here is our friend. We should go and we should cover him. And so like this, they're moving behind him. Hmm? And they're covering to make sure that the harsh sun doesn't get him. But then Surya Dev becomes angry. I wish to have darshan of Krishna. Hmm? And so there's a competition. Hmm? Who can have darshan of Krishna? These beautiful clouds or Surya Dev radiating his light. So in this way we're seeing Krishna all the time. He's reciprocating. Reciprocation. Rasa. So in this way we hear. Now I was discussing the pastimes of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And how Mahaprabhu, his pastimes are a result of this. Right? His pastimes are a result of the fact that he struggles to fully reciprocate this level of love and surrender that his devotees are rendering onto him. And there is something very interesting. Srila Prabhupada, he writes in one of his purports, hmm, quoting Chaitanya Bhagavat, hmm, that besides Ishwar Puri, hmm, there were two other personalities who Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw hmm, as his guru. Or rather, we can say there were two personalities who Mahaprabhu saw as equal to his spiritual master. Does anyone know who these two personalities were? Sorry? No. Well, of course, in a sense, yes, but this isn't the specific purport. This is the difficulty. It's like the question will say, there are two types of devotees, and there's five different answers for who the two types of devotees are, right? And so, of course, in one sense, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. It's described in the context of Mahaprabhu Sanyas. So, one of them is Svarup Damodar. The other one is Paramananda Puri, which is a bit of a surprise, right? We think, again, Advaita Acharya, all these other personalities are there. 
But why these two personalities? So I asked this question once and I thought the answer was interesting. So share the answer if, if we'd like. <laughs> so Paramananda Puri, we know, um, <clears throat> we know his form in Krishna Leela is Uddhava. He is Uddhava, right? which is interesting. Because we know Uddhava, he has a very special role to play in Krishna Leela. We know Krishna, he leaves Vrindavan very famously, right? He abandons all the Vrijvasis, right? Sometimes it's said that the trees in Vrindavan, they have sap coming down, right? And that sap is not there for any other reason than the trees are crying that they do not have Krishna's association anymore, right? So we know Krishna, he leaves Vrindavan, he leaves the Vrijvasis very, very upset. They're very disturbed, right? And so Krishna, he's feeling bad, right? But he knows the moment he leaves, what happens, right? He kills Kamsa, right? And then suddenly everyone thinks, oh, here is our relative, right? He has returned. This is definitely the Akashvani spoke, and here we are seeing the fulfillment. So he gets adopted in, right? And for many reasons, Krishna, he never returns, right? As we know. But he thinks, hmm, so much pain my devotees are in, I should send somebody, right? I should send somebody to take care of them. Hmm? So he thinks, who can I send? Somebody to at least tell them, hmm, it's fine, be consoled. So he thinks there's many types of devotees hmm, that I could send. But there is an issue. Hmm? Krishna thinks, if I send somebody who's too filled in the mood of Aishwarya, they will turn up to this place and they will see the intimate relationships that these devotees have with me and they'll commit great offense. We can see. Actually, these pastimes are very intimate, very hard to understand. That's why we have the whole Prakrita Sahajiya movements, an inability to understand the true nature of these pastimes. In chapter 8 of Madhya Leela, where we find the Rai Ramananda Samvad, which is in many ways, I mean, everyone says Antya Leela is the rasic height of Chaitanya Charitamrita, but it's almost like all of Chaitanya Charitamrita is a rasic height, right? It's just full throttle. And so Rai Ramananda Samvad, in chapter 8 of Madhya Lila, what do we find, right? At the height of it, the mouth is closed, too high, we can't speak any further, right? But what happens right before this? Where does Chaitanya Mahaprabhu go before he meets Ra Ramananda Rai? Narasimhadev. So he sings famously, Sri Narasinga, Jaya Narasinga, Jaya Jaya Narasinga, Praladesha Jaya Padma, Mukha Padma Bringa, right? He sings this, the glories of Narasinga Dev. It's interesting. Chaitanya Charitamrita is so very carefully designed, right? Each chapter is like this structural thing. It's nothing is unintentional in the book. We can see Narasinga Dev. Why do we pray to Narasinga Dev? Right? Narasinga Dev, his great glory is that he kills demons. And what is a demon? A demon is somebody who's envious as for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, right? So, in many ways, we all have a lot of demons in our hearts, right? So, Narasimhadev, what is his glory? Narasimhadev, he kills the demonic tendencies, right? He destroys demonic tendencies in the heart. And so, we he see here, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the principle is being established. Before Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu starts hearing all of these high elevated things that again, 
we won't discuss in Srimad Bhagavatam class, right? About the mood of the gopis and all of these things. What happens first? He has darshan of Narasimhadev. Narasimhadev who purifies him. Or rather, he doesn't need purification, but he's doing the pastime, right? Narasimhadev who can purify the demonic tendencies, which will cause someone to misunderstand these high points of Siddhanta. These high points of rasa vichar, right? And so he goes to Narasimhadev. So we see here, if somebody is not having an ability to empathize with this mood, in a true sense, they will go and they will commit offenses. And so, if Krishna sends an Aishvarya Bhakt, they will go, they will not understand, and they will offend. But Krishna thinks, if I send a Bhakt who is in the mood of Madhurya, oh no, then they will go. They will meet all these Rajvasis. They will agree with them, and they will say, we agree. Krishna, he is a very, very bad person. He has abandoned you. Hmm? So he had to find someone in the middle. So we see the glory of Uddhava, right? Uddhava, he, is, he has some intimacy, right? It's the Dwarka mood, right? Some intimacy, some opulence. He's got this mix. And so Krishna, he sends Uddhava along. And he garlands him, right? He gives him his own garland, Krishna's garland, right? He gives him his chariot, and Uddhava, he goes on his way. Huh? Of course, we can say that Uddhava rode a chariot into Vrindavan. But again, I wish to emphasize the elevated nature of the Raj pastimes. Right? One cannot go from Dwarka to Vrindavan simply being carried by horses. Right? Instead, Uddhava, he had received two things. One is that he had received the blessings, we consider in one sense, of the Guru. Of course, Uddhava as another sign of his special significance. He is a disciple of Brihaspati, right? Brihaspati is who? The guru of the devas, right? He is not just going around and meeting kings, right? We won't have, I mean, Anthony Albanese will not be a disciple of Brihaspati, right? <laughs> the ruling class, right, is not simply becoming disciples of Brihaspati, but Uddhava was. Here we can see the high position of Uddhava. But in another sense, of course, the Guru is the representative of Krishna, right? And so Krishna, he has given this permission. You can enter into these pastimes. You can enter into this place. Again, we know there was, in Prabhupada's time, there were some devotees, and they would only read Raslila's section of Krishna book. And Prabhupada was very, very upset. He was very angry. Why? Because without Guru's permission, they've entered into all of these high things. So this is one aspect. One aspect is that the Guru's permission, or rather Krishna's permission, is there. Okay, you can go now. You can enter into this domain. Right? The other aspect is that he had some desire. Hmm? We know in Chaitanya Charitamrita, right? Lolyam, greed to enter into these things is required. So both must be there. Guru's permission and a desire. And why did he have this desire? Because Krishna is saying, you will see these very high elevated personalities. You will witness them. And when you witness them, hmm, this will be out of your conceptual framework, right? So then he had some desire. I wish to see who these elevated devotees are. So in this way, Uddhava, he's having both aspects, right? He's having permission from Guru, and he's having the desire to see. And of course, Uddhava arrives, and then very rasic, right? Very, very intense section of Srimad Bhagavatam. Of course, he sees all of these devotees, and he's bewildered by it, right? This is another 
thing we must keep in mind. Uddhava, we've just spoken his glories, right? A devotee from a young age, right? In many ways, he's almost indistinguishable from Krishna, right? And yet he comes into this place and he is confused. He's thinking, this is beyond my understanding. Again, we should think how elevated these pastimes are, not something we run into, right? So I know um, uh, in Manipur, they have the tradition of the Ras Lila dance, right? And everyone hmm, in the community will come together and these kids will dress up and they will do a Ras Lila sort of dance performance. Well, on one hand it's sweet, but on the other hand, <laughs> this is the highest pastime in all existence. I'm not sure if it's particularly appropriate for a community event <laughs> where everyone's coming together, right? And the little kids are you know, dressed up and dancing, right? These are actually very, very high things. If even Uddhava is seeing, right? Not even the pastimes themselves, but just the, the aftermath of these pastimes. And he's saying, this is beyond me, right? And yet we see people so happily We'll discuss all of these things, right? Anyways, maybe a heavy point. But it's important if we don't have the Siddhanta underlying all of these things, then our understanding of rasa will be gone. We see in Chaitanya Charitamrita, when Krishna Das Kaviraj Thakur begins to glorify Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the beginning of the second chapter, how does he glorify Mahaprabhu? He glorifies him as the establisher of Siddhanta and proper philosophical conception. It's not that Kaviraj Thakur does not have rasic realization of who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. Far from it, Chaitanya Charitamrita gives us the deepest insights into Mahaprabhu's heart. But still, this basis must be there, right? Of Siddhanta <clears throat> and of the highness of these pastimes. So in this way, Uddhava very famously, he is confused. He is thinking, this is beyond me. I cannot aspire to be anyone like this. And very famously he prays, hmm, that I may become like a blade of grass, right? If I'm just simply a blade of grass, hmm, the lotus feet of these elevated devotees, they will trample all over me, right? And then I will receive the dust. This is what happens. What message was he sent to give? He was preaching almost the message of Bhagavad Gita, right? In a sense, he was trying to give a Bhakti Shastri lesson to all the Vrijvasis, right? Explaining to them, you know, the Supreme Lord is everywhere. He is present in all things, etc., etc. They all said, okay, thank you. No thanks. We don't want to hear this, right? We shouldn't think this is like one was speaking about Dhruv Maharaj a few days ago. We know Dhruv Maharaj, he hears a similar thing from Narad Muni, right? Narad Muni explains the nature of the world. Hmm? And then Dhruva Maharaj, what does he do? He says, I'm a Kshatriya, no thank you, right? I do not wish to hear this. I simply wish to keep on going. We should not think that these are two comparative moods. These moods are very, very different. Hmm? Because Dhruva Maharaj, he is acting out of his conditioning, right? He's acting out of his Kshatriya nature. He's acting out of the modes of material nature. Hmm? But these devotees in Vrindavan, they're acting out of attachment, to the lotus feet of Krishna. One is apparently mundane, the other one is transcendental. So we should not think that these are comparable rejections. These are highly contrasting rejections. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is a little dry. So, in this way, 
we're seeing this is happening. And so Uddhava, he prays in this way. So now, what does this have to do with the point that was being made? Hmm. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is taking guidance from this personality. And Swarup Damodar, who we know is Lalita, right? So here we see what is the case, right? Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is taking guidance from those people who have understood the mood of the devotees of Vrindavan. As Krishna, he sends Uddhava to Vrindavan to understand all of these things and to convey the message. And as Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he receives Uddhava back and he learns. What have you learned, Uddhava? Right? What have you heard? What have you understood? I wish to understand this now myself. And so in this way, Krishna, he is hankering for rasa. He is hankering to understand rasa. He is hankering to experience rasa. Hmm. In this way, he is reciprocating. Right? He has seen that rasa. He has seen that mood. He has seen that affection. And he is thinking, now explain it to me. Again, same with Surup Damada. Actually, we were speaking about Rai Ram Ramananda Samvad, right? Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he goes to South India for which purpose? He tells everyone, oh, it's because I wish to find my brother, right? Vishwarup. But actually, he knows that Vishwarup has already concluded his pastimes. Vishwarup has already passed away. In fact, the only reason he said, I'm going to find Vishwarup, is because he needed permission from all of the devotees in the area. And they're very much in that intimate mood with Mahaprabhu. And so if Mahaprabhu said something even like, oh, I wish to go on book distribution. I wish to go on Harinam. I wish to preach the holy name. They would think, oh, this is not the Nimai Pandit we knew. But if he says, oh, I have a family relationship, my, my dear relative, I wish to spend time with him again, in their familial mood, they will be able to understand that. And they'll say, okay, this is a valid reason. We will let you go. So this is one reason. A deeper reason we can think that Mahaprabhu went to South India was to spread the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. But an even deeper reason is that Mahaprabhu went because he wished to take guidance from Rai Ramananda, who is Vishaka herself, right? In order to understand deeper and deeper the nature of rasa, right? So here we see Krishna, he is reciprocating these relationships constantly. And reciprocating these relationships, he is relishing them so deeply. So deeply he is relishing them that all he wishes to do in the height of his pastimes is to learn about them more and more, deeper and deeper. So here we have Rasaraj Krishna. Anyways, I've been, I've been told that Melbourne's very strict with finishing on time. So... I'll maybe ask if there's any any questions or anything. Hopefully, none too difficult. I'm scared Mataji's going to ask me a very hard question. <laughs> but yeah, if there's any questions, otherwise we can wrap up. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhuji, I had a comment on how you were talking about the Govardhan Leela, how Krishna was enjoying because everyone was there. So in the lecture, Maharaj had said that Lord Indra had realized how Lord Krishna was supreme and the rain was having no effect. 
but then Lord Krishna said you cre- he warned him that you have created a great offense and I can I'll only forgive you if you keep the rain going for seven days and that is why he kept it going for seven days and everyone was enjoying it thank you Chai. so there we can see right Krishna so much hankering for that rasa with his devotees he will extend it and extend it and extend it <laughs> Jai, thank you, Mataji. Thank you, Prabhupada. Uh, thank you especially for not giving me a hard question as well. I'm just sharing your realizations. Thank you, Prabhu, for a nice class. So here is saying that um, Lord do not discriminate between f- uh, friends and enemies, but He favors the friends and He um, destroys the or kills the enemies. So how to, so clearly distinguishing, so um, discrimination, so how to understand it? It's not that he's discriminating, it's that he's reciprocating, right? What does Krishna do when he kills a demon? They get liberated. So how is that discrimination, right? But he's just giving them what they want. A demon will not want to be running around in in the spiritual world, right? (laughs) They will not want to be in Goloka, right? Mm. A demon will not have such a such joy in such a position, right? Krishna, he's so um, magnanimous, actually, to anyone, right? Even these demons who are coming towards, still he'll give them mercy, right? So when he destroys them, he gives them whatever mercy they would like to receive. No one's going to complain about liberation, right? And then with his devotees, he reciprocates by giving himself, right? Which is what they want. So Krishna, he's still completely non-biased. There's no point Prabhupada's making, Right? There's no bias that exists in Krishna's heart. So in this way we see the mag- magnanimity right, of Krishna, no matter what mood they're coming with. Okay. Thank you, bro. Anyone else? Done. Prashad time. Jai. Okay, Granthraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Rasaraj Krishna ki jai, Srila <coughs> Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Radha Vallabh ki jai. Mm, Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda ki jai.